0: hi this is tony silva and charles Wiz, and episode 115 two teachers talking and charles and i going to talk about uh, teaching english in japan and uh today uh the focus is uh language and personality and i guess maybe second languages and personality and uh kind of address the question of whether or not our personality changes as we acquire or learn or speak different languages so that's that's where we're headed what do you think charles let me think about which personality i want to use right now
1: (laughs) you know i i go back and forth on this topic um you know, first off, I'm wondering how malleable personalities are, how fixed they are, um, also how fluid they are, and the fact that we think about personalities being a uh, this monolithic thing that is consistent and constant, or as we talk about identities shifting, you know, that, you know, you and I, we're teachers, and who we are in the classroom in front of a bunch of students is different from who we are outside of the classroom, and then who I am in front of different classes changes, right? But Let me rephrase. It's not who I am. It's the performative aspect. It's, uh, the behaviors or the way I act. I don't know whether that significantly changes who I am.
0: That's, yeah, interesting. And I don't, yeah, I think maybe if if you want to try to, I don't know that this is a, you know, a workable definition of personality, but, um, I guess maybe if, if I think about it enough, because I feel like I've opened up a Pandora's box with this, because for a long well, that time... that would be a first, Tony. <laughs> because cause this is, because this I was, you know, for a long time without maybe thinking it all the way through, we kind of just had accepted or believed that uh, oh yeah, you, you learn a, another language and you develop this other personality. Just kind of very loosely based on my own experience, but then again, without thinking it through, language, culture, blah, 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 blah. But um, maybe, um, if you want to maybe think about personality as um, the voice in our head when we talk to ourselves, as, as opposed to what you just said, you know, talked about behavior and, and how the external things. And um, um, I don't know. Um, so, for example, if I am in a Japanese environment and, and struggling along to, to use Japanese, I do might think that the voice in my head is not the same as the voice in my head right now um and obviously i'm we, we talked about this too i'm using my podcast persona right now um but in my head when i have the internal conversations maybe that's my personality but i think if i was if this were in japanese it might be different i'm not sure it is i don't know but anyway, uh, yeah, it, it sent me down this crazy path where I don't know anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I'm very, very confused. So
1: there's a voice inside your head and it's not me. Well,
0: right. it's not you, F- Floyd. Floyd.
1: It's not you, and I'm very happy about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm glad it's not my voice. Yeah, but I'm. Well, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, how I feel about the voice in the head kind of thing. Um that, because that opens up another no, I don't, concept but go ahead. <laughs> of consciousness and this <laughs> mm. and stuff. I mean, I think that somehow there has to be some kind of work, working uh, definition of personality. And you're right, it's a Pandora's box because nobody seems to have been able to come up with a really good definition of that. I mean, we can, and then uh, you know, then you want to play with remember when um, there was that whole spate of multiple personality disorder movies and books and things? Mm, and Sybil, it seemed like there was a, yeah when was that the 80s 70s or 80s yeah yeah and suddenly it's like what, what is this like suddenly like, there's an epidemic of multiple personality disorder and they actually called it mpd and it seems to have like really kind of rescinded mm. or receded or maybe it has been rescinded I don't <laughs> know. so i have a problem i think in terms of trying to operationalize the term personality mm. Um, mm. which are i think what we would have to do is just say that it's a an amalgamation of traits, characteristics, reactions, feelings, approaches, ideas, that somehow an person on the outside would define as being who that person is. Because then we'll say, hey, that's not like you, or that seems strange to us. We have certain conceptions of how other people should act or behave, and then we interpret um, internal states based on what we see, what we hear, what we observe.
0: Yeah, is and our so- personality what we're doing, or is it what we're thinking? Is it external or is it internal I don't hello know. and welcome and welcome to the Meta Podcast. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, I, I mean- know, the psycholo- you know any kind of psychology most psychology tests right most of it is external it's, it's be- behavior based if you're look if you're speaking angry and you're looking angry and you're clenching your fists and then you're angry uh, or, or by you're definition. an angry person
1: could be right yeah, <laughs> well, that's a whole thing i mm. think of. Um, the attributional fallacy that, you know, who that person is in, uh, or what we define as being who that person is, or who that person appears to be in that situation, is contextual. And we tend to characterize that as being a constant in their behavior. And that's, I think, really key to what we're talking about here, when we say that, do... And I want to, okay, let me go back a little bit. I think what I would prefer to do is narrow down the topic and say we're talking about, do our students' personalities change while they're learning a language or engaging? Because those are the people I have the most contact with.
0: And that's and at, the, at the other end of this, that's where we need to come out, right? Because all this, you know, like you just said, all this meta-discussion, it's got to somehow come out at the end. It's like, okay, how is this, what does this mean for our teaching? For our classrooms, what what can we take away from this to make it of some value in the classroom? That's kind of where we got to end up. So, yeah, or we can le- even start with that. Um, let's you know, end up there. Yeah, <laughs> let's end up
1: somewhere. Let's end successful. up there. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well, that's where, of course, we're gonna go. We're going.
0: End up, yeah, but, with our. Stu- okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah, but as I say, I want to look at it from a student perspective, and hmm. I th- we have talked about this before how. I think you've said this also where you have this very, very introverted, quiet, shy student who doesn't engage and doesn't participate and you look at that person and you say hey, well, you know, this is somebody who just doesn't like to speak English or, you know, you assume that they're just an introverted, shy person. Because always... all,
0: you, all you've got is the behavior that you can observe, right? right? that you okay.
1: observe, right? And then you go off to the school festival or something, and the student runs up to you and is suddenly trying to sell you, you know, like 17 different kinds of yakitori, right? Mm. And you're like, well, who is this person? And again, it's their people are different in different situations. But I don't think that means that they have different personalities.
2: No,
0: I don't think so either. I think, yeah, obviously. The, I think it's know, persona. A, a, a personality is always multifaceted. And uh, when it comes up to language, it's a whole notion of, well, again, mm, Pandora's box, right? What got me in trouble was. Uh, trying to resolve the difference between personality and culture. V- specifically with students, because I have students who are learning English and are fluent in English here in Japan. But then we've also had students who have done homestays or study abroad for, you know, three months, six months, or a year, and come back, and of course, they're different people. We, th- seems, it seems, they're different people, right? Now... Um. Have they changed? Uh, has the English language affected that somehow? Uh, is the fact that they are now capable in English allowing them to express themselves or behave in ways that they were unable to do previously in English? Are we just seeing a, a part of their personality that has been part of them when they are speaking Japanese, but was on invisible to us because we didn't interact with them in their first language, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, yeah, that's where I, that's where I, the, the crack, the fissure in the ice started to like fall apart and, um, started thinking back about myself. And I'm going to ask you about you too, um, what, When I was thinking about it initially, about the personality, different things, and it was based on, you know, introspection. And when I came to Japan and various forms of culture shock here and versus culture shock going back to Chicago and then kind of resolving, okay, trying to separate in myself, okay, what part is Tony? Um, What part of this entity is American? What part of this entity is Chicago? Um, and now, what part of this thing that I am is Japanese, after being having been here for 30 years. I um, it's like, oh, okay, I thought I used to know, but I don't think I know anymore. <laughs> I'm very, very confused. What about
1: you? <laughs> I'm never confused. Mm. I have absolute perfect clarity at all moments of my life. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm, you know, I... It's... A real difficult topic to unpack. I think you're right, that there's culture, there's personality. But the problem I'm having with this, and maybe it's helpful to point out that this discussion stems from an article in The Atlantic, I believe, that you sent me, right?
0: Okay, yeah.
1: About um, someone who had moved to America from South America and how the person feels like they're a very different person when they're using English versus, I think there was a native Spanish speaker. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It wasn't Portuguese, it was Spanish. And... I don't know whether because you act differently or you use language differently or you approach things differently, that means you have a different personality. I mean, in a sense that when we talk about personality, we're saying that it's a this it's the the grouping of all those traits that in which we identify someone as being who they are. So let's say we take someone we know, let's call that person A. You know them and I know them. We would basically be able to say, oh, that's very surprising behavior or that's something I would not expect that person to say. And or, well, that person was talking differently than the way I'm used to their talking. We wouldn't say that their personality had changed, would we?
0: No, I would say that we're just learning more about who the person is. We're, we're learning more about the person's... Or here's person a
1: different aspect to that person, or there's a different That we didn't know about or, before, Right. Yeah. Okay. So the, then, okay, let's do the, the thought experiment. Now we take that same person A and we say, hey, wait, there's two different things that they've done that are unexpected. Would we now say their personality has changed? And you can see where I'm going with this.
0: Well, I think, yeah, you need to think take that maybe like a lot more longitudinally over time, because you... I think we both know people who, and again, language, uh, independent of language, whose personality does change over time, right? It's not just the fact that we're discovering more of the person, but they actually do change. Yeah, but people changing, does that mean their person?
1: Okay, are we identifying who the person is with their personality? Ah, I don't even know how to answer that. I don't know. Go back to school. (laughs) school. (laughs) But... Because I think, think of, um, we're both in our 60s. We, I have limited contact with people from high school or college. I mean, I think most, I have some friends that go back, let's say, about 35 years. Most of my friends are outside of high school. But I don't think I would say that any of those people's personalities have changed. But I do, I would say that my friends have changed. They've grown, they've adapted, they've changed ideas or how they are but the intrinsic person is still who that person is right um if somebody goes from being liberal to conservative we say that their political stance has changed but this idea of you're a different person i don't think i'm a different person in when I use English or when I use Japanese, or for example, I was pretty good at German when I was in Europe after having two years in high school. Um, I've never had good proficiency in Japanese. It's a language I struggled with. I don't think I'm a different person in Japanese. I just, I think I act very differently when I'm in a Japanese environment or using Japanese. And so I have to make that distinction. I don't, I'm still I still try to make jokes in Japanese. I still try to be funny in Japanese as I do in English. I try to be friendly in English and Japanese. I try to greet people, I try to ask people what they're doing, how they've been you know make inquiries about if they have children, and I will remember to always ask about the children. I don't know that that makes me a different person but i do know that i'm quieter in japanese because of proficiency i tend not to want to give my opinions so much in japanese because of the language and the difference in how opinions are given in the language
2: well that's
0: that's bleeding over into like into the culture aspect which is like making me chase my tail because yes i know that I, I behave to <laughs> i behave very <laughs> differently when i'm speaking japanese and i was identifying that as a personality shift but then I slap myself in the head and say, like, well, you know what? It's Maybe it's not personality at all. Maybe that, those are just, that's just cultural sensitivity, cultural awareness. Um, and I think to, to, a little spoiler alert, I think at the very end, um, we're going to come around to thinking that, well, yes, this kind of cultural awareness and this cultural aspect of language acquisition is something that we need to consciously integrate into our teaching. Okay, spoiler alert's over. <laughs> Let's go. And, um, to students you know, to shift a little bit to students um another thing that kind of prompted uh my thoughts or my you know on this on this topic and things was um had a, this is a, a few years ago and um broached this topic with students then and um one of them two of them um together they agreed that it was a as topics type discussion class and they both very strongly agree that yes um it was much easier for them to talk about these topics in English than it would have been if we were speaking Japanese and I saw that was you know fuel for my okay yeah of course that makes sense because that's your English language personality and um you know again without thinking it all the way through but again for from again focus on the students um that's that was kind of interesting for me. Well,
1: if you think of language as a tool, then what we're looking that's kind of like conflating the tool with the user. And I see it as the language allows for different things, but I don't
0: Okay. Okay, separate the dancer and the dance, right? Ah, this is where it gets confusing. Well, okay,
1: yes, it gets confusing, and I don't, I don't have the words. <laughs> I don't either
0: for this, but I know somebody who does. Who? Um, one of my students. Okay, it's a nice intro, right? yeah so yeah so um, I had a chance to talk with um one of my students, and we re- recorded the, the the discussion the conversation and um yeah, one of my current students and kind of posed this question to her because um because she's capable of answering it, and um maybe we should listen to that and then see what we think about that, and then move on from there. How's that?
1: okay, I'm fine with that, let's mm. do that then, yeah, so okay, so we're going to one of the experts. and just make sure that people should be aware that there are some audio yeah (laughs) they they will know yeah they'll they'll, they'll hear it right right away away. yeah well you know it's
0: it's it was a yeah it's a telephone conversation the quality is not not great it's but it's listenable i hope i'm saying apologies um yeah it's not pristine audio and but the person's no. thinking is—it's worth listening. Yeah, even though even though the quality is there, I think I think it's very much worth listening to. So yes, this is uh, Maria Minohara. She's a um, freshman at uh, Osaka University, and she's in my um, integrated English class, which is kind of it's a four skills class, basically. Even though people who hired me deny that it's a four skills class, but it's a four skills class. Um, and let's see what she has to say. Okay. Okay, so today we're talking with uh, Maria Minahara. She's a student in Osaka University, majoring in English. And uh, welcome, Maria. And thank you very much. I know you're very busy, as almost all students are, break or not. <laughs> right? Thank you for so <laughs> And you're probably busier than most. You're making yourself very, very, very busy. And uh, as we've talked a little bit at the next topic of our uh, Teacher or talking podcast is uh, language and personality, and uh, specifically whether a person has a second personality when they learn a second language. So, uh, maybe, maybe first just talk about maybe very briefly like your English study.
2: Yes, so my first contact with English was when I was a baby. My mom would always um, do some bedtime reading. And when she did, she always read English books like Pierce George or the Bernstein Bears, Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. or books from the Magic Key series. And that taught me how to read English. And I liked reading, so I continued reading myself. And when I entered Japanese junior high and high school, I was lucky to have enthusiastic AOT teachers assistant language teachers and they were from Canada or America and well although we didn't have much class time with the ALTs they um, taught us a little about writing and comprehending what we read a little bit but that helped me get on track and studying by myself as well.
0: So, so when you talk about this idea about foreign language and another personality what do you think? What's your first reaction? What's your opinion? What do you? What's your, what's your take up on that?
2: Well, I don't think it's like I don't think your personality exactly changes, but I think there are factors that make it seem like your personality has. changed. And I think there's at least three factors that make it seem like way. So the first one is that language proficiency or language ability diff- differs between. deep between the languages. So I speak English and Japanese, but the level I am at with these languages differ. So, for example, in Japanese, when I talk in Japanese, I usually make a lot of jokes and say a bit of funny things. And so from my Japanese friends, I regard it as a bit weird, but also funny. But in English, since I don't know English jokes and I don't know... How English speakers usually speak in private language. it's difficult to like keep up that reputation and say what I usually say in Japanese and the second factor I think is that the people you speak to differs depending on the language so in Japanese I usually speak with my friends my family, people who are in my inner circle but when I speak in English I speak with Teachers and what we have in common differs depending whether in the, you're in the inner circle or outer circle. And well, it's everyone knows that you have to you have to talk differently depending on who you're talking. About. So I think that's another factor that makes it seem that. Way. And then the third factor I think is the cultural rules and standards you need to follow differs. So when you're in Japanese, you need to respect the person's age and their status. But in English, people are more or less equal and you don't have cable to discriminate, uh, to, um, yeah, to make differences between the status of the people. So I think language forces you to tweak a bit of how you usually act. It makes you tweak a bit of your personality, but your core personality doesn't change. It doesn't like when I speak English, it doesn't make me into an extrovert. It doesn't change my core of who I am, but it has to, it makes me make adjustments. That's what I think.
0: It's really interesting. Yeah, that kind of parallels. Just what I was reading a little bit earlier this morning, and I sent you a copy of one study. And I was reading another, another study, the same thing, where um, depending on your language, you might shift in terms of being more aggressive or more introverted or versus. versus. But that kind of happens with all second language speakers kind of moving along on the same scale, and it's not as, actually a different personality. And it's really very closely tied in with the cultural shift. Um, really interesting. And I think I also like what you said about um, the, the listeners, the, the people that you're participating in conversations with, because the communi- kind of communication <clears throat> is... Um, it's a two-way thing, and it never happens all by, just by yourself. Yeah. You are always adjusting depending on the feedback you're getting from the people that you're engaged with. Yeah. If you're speaking with English speakers, then you're going to be engaged one way. And if you're speaking with Japanese speakers, it's a completely different dynamic, and you're going to respond accordingly. So, yeah, really, very good. And something that I just, frankly, myself thought of consciously in the past couple of days is that along with this uh, personality shift or culture shift, um, a key factor is um, the level of confidence that the person has in the second language, right? Because when you're speaking in your own native language, you're totally comfortable and you can go all over the place. But when you're using a second language, you're always a little bit, on guard and kind of self-monitoring a little bit more and a little more cautious, and that affects, of course, the way that you communicate, and, of course, the way to a, you're you perceived. So, oh boy, you you hit all get all three of them right <laughs> off the bat. Excellent, great, wonderful, wonderful. So, any other big thoughts that you've got? I mean, any any more big thoughts? I think you got three big ones right there.
2: Well, with, well, since talking is a person-to-person thing, I think how the person you're speaking to is also addictive. So I found myself being able to speak English more fluently when I'm talking to someone who is fluent in English. And when I'm talking to someone who is so-so in English, it kinds of, it's like a disease. It's, it's I catch it. And I become so-so in English
0: as well. I hear you. (laughs) I know what you're telling me here. (laughs) I can read it between the lines. I'm getting it. Yeah, but that that is uh, uh, another point, right? When you're talking to somebody, um, whether it's in your own language or with another language who's... Uh, a communicative ability is is of a, a superior level. It's going to force you to step up. And um conversely, if it's it's a step down, then you're going to uh, kind of come down to that level. But yeah, another another very good observation.
2: Excellent. And, and there's one more. Mm. I'm bilingual. I become free from these cultural expectations or the certain way of thinking when I speaking bilingually, so Japanese. So when the person I'm speaking to is speaking Japanese, well, that's when I truly am able to become myself, because they understand both the English ways and the Japanese ways, and it doesn't matter which one I pick, and I just whatever comes to me first.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, maybe I know the answer, I'm going to ask anyway, but... Um with the um, increased fluency and comfort and communication in English, um, does that make communicating in Japanese or functioning in Japanese society more difficult for you?
2: Being able to speak English?
0: Well, the whole thing. Not just speaking English, but everything that we talking about. Being able to speak English, being able to think in English, being to, and that other aspect of communication does it make communication in Japanese exclusively more problematic
2: it does because I, it's difficult to separate it so that's what I mean mm. you, language doesn't change who you are and I'm integrated with both English and Japanese culture so then I have people tell me that you're a bit different you're not you're Japanese kind of thing and I can't stop it myself that's how it's always been for me. But, yeah, so I'm different in Japanese deaf- society.
0: Yeah, and I, I've had students in the past uh, in, in our, our class, the class that we, that we have together, uh, a number of them talk about how in the classroom discussions that for them, discussing those topics in English kind of comes I'm going to use the word, it's not the right use of the word but naturally, it feels comfortable they're more comfortable having those kinds of discussions in English they told me that, that if they try to have the same conversation in Japanese it would be much more difficult, much more problematic that for them it's easier to talk about these things in English than it is in Japanese
2: Yeah. So. And I think also experience differs on the language. For example, I've written more essays in English than I have in Japanese. So when I write, although in normal conversation I'm more natural in Japanese, when I'm terrible I'm way better in English.
0: Yeah, it's interesting too. the the the, the difference between written communication and. and um spoken communication is also very different because even within one language it can be very different so yeah. Thank you. You just nailed it. I mean, right, right right, off the bat, one, two, three, you hit the major points and um, tied in your personal experience. Wonderful. And um, you give us uh, something to talk about, Charles and I, because we're, we're talking today and one day, we're, Charles and I are going to record tomorrow. We're going to be talking about what you said. We're going to try to get a couple other people, maybe, maybe not, mm-hmm. not, not recording, but their ideas and things. But um, interesting topic.
2: And uh,
0: Yeah, thank you very much. I know you're really busy, 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 busy. I'm, I'm busy, 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 too. But thank you very much for taking time out. Um, really appreciate it. And you know, for, especially for us as teachers, to be able to get and this podcast is basically for teachers, but yeah. to get t- student mm-hmm. input, we don't get that ever. <laughs> 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 Are there any questions? Anybody anything to say? No. (laughs) So thank you very much for stepping up. And so so great, great, great. And I'll see you soon. Soon. Well, see you then.
2: Okay. No other questions? Nope. That's it. Okay.
0: So, uh Charles, reactions? What do you think? Well, first off,
1: that's your first year student.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, it's like... Every every teacher's
1: <laughs> dream student. Um what a what a what a wondrous thing to listen to. Um so please pass my compliments on to Maria. She's a listener, um, she'll hear you. <laughs> well that's assuming that she's well, she's probably smart enough not to listen to the podcasts. So.
0: No, no, she's a listener. She's a listener. Okay. So
1: I mean, I have to, that's just, I have a couple of students like that, or I've had students like that, and they're such a joy. And it's not just because of the English ability, but it's because of the fact that you can see that they're thinking, they're engaged, they're looking at each other. And I thought that Marie made some really interesting comments. I mean, the fact that she could break it down into those three areas. Mm -hmm. And the first thing is starting off with just linguistic competency.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Right? And I think then the cultural aspect and also the social aspect
0: the third one was the one that I really kind of enjoyed. Yeah, the fact fe- that how the the expression of personality, what we call personality, what I have been calling personality is so situational. Right. And the fact that you behave differently in different situations doesn't mean that your personality has changed. It just means that you're adjusting to the situation.
1: Isn't that what I was saying before? I think so.
0: <laughs> right. And so...
1: I found all those things interesting. And and while Marie was talking about how she's different with her friends and, you know, how in Japanese you have to adjust for people because of age and everything. And I think I've mentioned this before, that when my wife and I began our relationship and we were trying to decide which language to use um, in the relationship. And my wife said, let's use English because it's easier to do problem solving in English. Hmm. And I found that really interesting. And that was echoed before, I think, as I mentioned before, that once we were sitting in a cafe somewhere in Japan and having a discussion, and I said something in usual, my usual stupid way, and my, <laughs> my wife just said to me, she goes, that's pretty much the stupidest thing you've ever said. <laughs> and Which is a pretty big list. You know, it's quite <laughs> a large set of things. And there was a woman sitting next to us who said, excuse me, in perfect English, I'm sorry, I've been listening to your conversation. I've never heard two people talk the way you do. And I've never heard anyone ever say to somebody else that that's the stupidest idea ever. (laughs) And that watching you guys talk like this was eye-opening for me. And it's right, because I think that there's almost no way in Japanese, for example, to say that's a truly stupid idea. And if you did say it, it would come across so differently. So if, you know, my wife or you, you know, or somebody says, hey, Charles, that's the stupidest idea ever, you'd go, oh, that bad, huh? You wouldn't take offense at it. You wouldn't be insulted by it. You would understand it. So different languages allow for different things. And I thought that was an interesting point, especially coming from a student. And then the other thing I found just really, really fascinating was from the student's point of view of how... You know, Maria feels that she's different,
0: communicating differently depending on the competency of the person she's engaging with. That was and very interesting to hear. I mean, it's something that we kind of know. Well, we but know it. Was, it. But, but, but it was nice to hear. Because, yeah, it, it, it heightens the awareness of that. And to be, again, talking about classroom, something very much to be aware of in the classroom.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because you can see that sometimes when you match up students. And, you know, we forget that in group work mm-hmm. that... You know, I, I always have students count off, and so there's random assignments of who they're going to work with. And sometimes, you know, you get two students together who don't like each other, mm. or you know, whose personalities don't click, and so it does have an effect. But I think Maria was kind of. I think, arguing against the different personality theory, don't you?
0: I think so. Or she
1: was suggesting, I don't think she said that she feels like a different person, she says she reacts differently, she might think differently, she might
0: behave differently. I think she she made an argument saying that this is a much more complex question than just yes or no. Well, of course. And what I found interesting
1: also, and I may have misheard it, but it struck me that she was identifying herself as bilingual. Yes, very clearly. But you mentioned that Maria's never like
0: lived outside of japan well she' a's, is, a, child, is, do, as that, a child in in the Netherlands, but okay but our, not our, not our not our usual thing where if someone's like well i mean usual at that university and in those classes um a year of high school in the United States England, or Australia, or you know study abroad no that's all from in from within Japan. Now, would it be rude to ask about her family background? Um, I don't know, but I didn't. But we didn't ask. Him, I did not, rather, not ask. No, so, I without knowing whether privacy, it's okay with yeah, it's a private. So,
1: because my daughter identifies, I think, now as bilingual. And she's, you know, perfectly adept at both languages, reading, listening, writing, mm. speaking, etc.
0: Mm. I've met her, and I, yes, of course. Yeah.
1: And um, she talks about how, Surprising to me is that she's introverted, like her teachers will say, Oh, it's very so you know, so she's very quiet in class, and uh, you know, we'd like her to speak up more, but when she speaks up, it's you know, it's very nice, etc., etc., and that's so different from how I know my daughter, who is we should have interviewed person. her. Well, we can do that, I think, in the future, okay, yeah, but, let's but do again, that. I don't know if Sophie is willing to do that, though. <laughs>
0: No, we'll oh, find uh, Only one way to find we'll, out. We'll find, <laughs> so, okay. so yeah, you want, your allowance, you want your
1: allowance this month. So <laughs> I'm going to know I'm really in trouble <laughs> for having allowance issues <laughs> discussions. Uh-huh. But the idea of identifying in a certain way, I think, was interesting. Mm. That maybe it's not so much that your personality changes, but where you're identifying in sense of what your identity is and then of course brings up that whole thing what's the difference between personality and identity mm-hmm. and
0: mm-hmm. i don't want to go down the identity road too far yeah i'm not going to follow you there either yeah well, <laughs> that's that's the <a> forest <laughs> stay out of the forest stay well, on the
1: path yeah, that's a very very dark and dangerous forest with <clears throat> monsters lurking what is it there be dragons
0: there be dragons here yeah
1: there be dragons here that was from the old maps, right? That's the
0: old maps in the sea, yeah, right. When you, there be dragons. There's here. the dragons, and then you fall off the edge.
1: Okay, let's not go there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, looking at everything, or listening, and thinking about what we're talking about, I can't make a claim personally. I don't know a and it's not a topic I've done a lot of research on, or in, I've done no research on this, and I haven't investigated enough. I mean, have you found anything interesting? In, I got a
0: handful in, of articles, and I'll put the links in the in the show notes on, on the why webpage. Why don't you
1: summarize basically what they're saying? Is it different um, from what we're arguing, or not, is it not, similar? Not
0: really, but uh, they uh, the research focuses not so much on personality, but it talks about culture shifts, and uh, the term that comes up is cultural frame switching (CFS) for short. And okay. um the it seems to be that the the findings lean toward that there are very very definite clear behavior shifts um whether when a person is functioning in one language and another and they're dealing with bilinguals with you know true bilinguals who so proficiency is not an issue because that's <clears throat> yeah, For our students and for you and I, proficiency is is a huge factor because we don't have the, you and I, neither of us have the confidence in Japanese to really not think about it. We're always still thinking about what we're going to say, how we're going to say it. It it doesn't just come out without the, the way we speak English. We are not true bilinguals if i can speak for you
1: oh i'm totally far away from that right
0: so yeah so we are not in that category yet but um these people are they're they're true bilingual so that uh, idea of confidence and proficiency is kind of moot and uh most of the research that i came across uh speaks very definitely to this but they said yes it's there is a very definite Cultural shift. However, um, that's true for seems to be true for all or most to do the same kind of shift. So, the scale might be different. There's a lot of comparison of Spanish speakers, <clears throat> people speaking Spanish, bilinguals speaking Spanish, speaking English. The study group, most of them, um, shifted in a similar way, and uh, they had different characteristics that they were observing. Some were null, there there was no difference. Um, But um, some of them also would shift in the the same kind of way. Um, So, it seems to be a very, very different cultural shift, and they didn't really address separating that from personality. And maybe and maybe the personality is just a red herring. Maybe it is just culture. Um, don't know.
1: Yeah, I... Again, the personality... I'm not an expert at all in personalities, but I do know that when people will use, like, the Myers-Briggs um, test to describe aspects of their personality, and there's all sorts of problems with personality tests. You have the, what, the Minnesota multiphasic and... We have certain ways of identifying certain traits and aspects of personality, but I like that idea of a framework like switch, like code switching.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, you know yeah, And yeah, we you, talk about code,
1: personas, right? Exactly. Right. I've, and I really do think, and it's what you mentioned in the talk with Maria, where you talked about personas, like I have mm. a teaching persona. I don't have a teaching personality.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, you're still, right. you, inside I'm your still head, me. you're still you. I'm
1: still, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, I'm just the same usual fool that I <laughs> am. Um, maybe more foolish. Um, I don't think, like, for example, if I watch myself, my thought processes don't change, my attitudes don't change. I find that my emotional reactions might be different, and how I present myself, and that voice inside my head, for lack of a better term, the, the meta aspect of my personality changes that there's a different part of me that's watching, you know, or as Freud would call that, mm-hmm. I guess Freud would call that your, your, your super ego, right? Maybe. And if we go back to it, ego, super, no, mm. super ego would be like repression based on society, et cetera. And, and anyone who's in the audience who knows this stuff and can correct me, please write politely um, about my lack of knowledge here. But I know that my personality is not changing, but my a focus, my attentional focus on what I'm saying and what I'm doing shifts, and I either add or detract in my behaviors from who I, feel, you know, would be in a more relaxed environment. Let's say, with people I trust, people I know. So I think it's not; it's still me. I mean, you know, anybody would go in and say that's Charles in a classroom or somebody would see me talking to a friend, they would be able to say, oh, that sounds like Charles. It's when you'd have a totally different personality, people would have to say, who are you? What have you done? What have you become? Why are you so different? And Maria talked about how people, Japanese people say, you're you're different, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that kind of ties back into culture again, that they're, you know, it's not that they're saying you're a different person, we should ask, actually, to find out how it's actually said. Because there's a difference between saying, you're different. You're you're not so Japanese anymore. You're not so American anymore. Or saying, you're
0: not you. You're different. You're a different person. So maybe, like, talk about, like, for example, bleed, I guess maybe bleed over, right? So living in another country for a year and returning to your home country. And even though you're using your first language in your home country, the behavior may be different in somehow some way i have um two um examples or cases or something or i don't know something two stories one for and against this 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 thing and then maybe we can move on uh but uh regarding the culture right and, and i i've got somebody in mind um and uh he's uh an american in japan and um it's more <laughs> he, it, personality he's the bull in a china shop uh there's really kind of not not you charles um <laughs> i was going to say are talking about <laughs> i'm me? taking you off the, off the hot seat it's not you and remove um, yourself from this also <laughs> in the end it's not me either but uh just to. Kind of a part of the personality is kind of a lack of self awareness, whether he's speaking English or whether he's speaking Japanese. And in Japanese, well, okay, yeah, okay you're a buffoon. But when it's, when it's in Japanese, oh my God, it's painful. And his Japanese language ability is very good, very high proficiency. Cultural awareness or slash self awareness, both, uh, nil. And so it 's just really, really painful so here's that was a case where learning a foreign language made no difference whatsoever <laughs> it made zero difference, so it is painful to watch however, um, at the other end of the spectrum, uh, and then getting right into the into the core of like like actual language, uh, one of the studies which i don 't have the link for by the way um, it was a study about um, People in different countries, different languages, and savings, and the conclusion or the the findings um, were that people whose languages and cultures, countries, languages, with the <laughs> either no subject or the subject at the end or the object at the end. Um, I'm, I'm I'm confused here, but. Anyway, the Japanese, right, with uh, there's no subject and verb object, where the verb comes at the end of the sentence, we're much more likely to have significant life savings, you know, money, um, than people with uh, the tr- English SVO type languages. That there seemed to be a direct correlation between the sentence structure and Their perception of the future and uh SVO type language cultures were tended to be much more immediate gratification cultures. So, what about that?
1: (laughs) That sounds, I, you know, there's so much stuff going through, right? Right, so many issues on this,
0: and (laughs) that's kind of like, well, that's really neat, but wait a second, hold on, you can't say, wait, what about here? Yeah, it turns out. (laughs) Yeah, who knows, right? But um, whether or not the findings are valid or not, I don't know. But the it's I think it's worth thinking about something as you know down to the metal as the sentence structure that you are using, the language that you are speaking. How truly? How might that affect your thought, and consequently, um, your self? image, your Um, self-perception. Dunno. Yeah, it's your
1: Worfian hypothesis. Mm. But the other example in Japanese, this is uh, something we've talked about, and I know I talk about this with my student, is the idea that you put I think or I believe at the end of the sentence. In Japanese, right? Or you yes. Say, <laughs> yes, I think blah, so. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, I think so. Right? I, I Yes, I think so. Right? <laughs> or this is my opinion. And whereas we would require, almost in English, that you have to tell us an opinion is coming. So I could see how the structure of Japanese, for example, requires somebody to wait longer. Mm-hmm. You can't. You have to make, wait for the end to what's you happening. have to right? wait for the end to know what the sentence means. Whereas I think perhaps you know there's an interesting mm-hmm. you know question about predictability and whether or not people, for example, in subject verb object languages, are jumping to conclusions faster. Mm-hmm. Be kind of an I don't know. Somebody must have done this already. Mm. I'm not a linguist. I'm not a psycholinguist, but the question then, I think, Tony, what we want to do is say, okay, given all these things what do we do as teachers and we said we were going to bring this around yeah so as a teacher what are you going to do i mean how do you deal with this what do you suggest for teachers especially for those you know teachers who are now going into the field
0: okay i think that um i don't i don't know at what point this becomes relevant because obviously you're dealing with like lower level learners Um, this is not going to be an issue because you're not, you're just dealing with communication at a very, very basic level. And it's, this is not going to be a factor. However, intermediate and advanced type classes, um, where the expectation is that the student is going to be, or is at, at that point in class or hopefully at the end of class, be able to engage in real, you know, L2 communication, um, that we need to make this a part of the instruction. Uh, you've got the language, but you've also got to incorporate the cultural cues and the communication patterns that are different from language to language. And I think that needs to be consciously introduced into the classroom. So, um I deal with this a lot, specifically when I teach the um, the, the the cultural uh, communication type classes, and uh, talk about a lot about the communication pattern. There's a great old book that I've taken a lot of ideas from, um, polite fictions, Nancy Nakamura and somebody, um, and they compare the communication uh, patterns of English and Japanese, where Japanese is like bowling. And English is like uh, volleyball. And in Japanese, you wait for the other person to finish. like taking turns. And of course, all that's very culturally loaded. Senpai, Kohai, where you are in the hierarchy, when you say things, when you don't say something, how you say something, keigo, uh, which is the formal honorific language, it changes. So, for example, there are eight different ways to say give. In English, we say give, right? I give my father a birthday present. (laughs) No, <laughs> um, I give my students homework. I, I give my brother a present. Okay, in Japanese, I have to know like older brother, younger brother. It's my in English, it's my brother. Um, or I give my dog his dinner. Give, 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 give. In Japanese, those are all different words. Um, and we need to constantly be monitoring who I am and who I'm speaking to, and that's going to determine how linguistically how I say the sentence. In English, it's all give blah so um, yeah uh, that's all very different and that has to be somehow taught uh, and given to the students so that yeah this is how and things like for example dinner conversation um, whereas you you know you're having a meal with friend or friends or a homestay family in an um, in English-speaking country. That conversation is going to be a part of, it. and how do you work the timing? The students will starve because they won't put anything in their mouth because they can't. Not supposed to talk with your mouthful, but they never know when they're going to be called upon to actually say something. So, <laughs> so you have to learn that particular dance, and there's a lot of small, subtle things like that. But they're part of learning that other language, part of learning English, right? And you know, for us learning Japanese, there's all kinds of things that we need to learn, right? Because it's like, okay, it's yeah, it's Joe-san, it's Betty-san, but it's not Tony-san. You don't call yourself son. All of that needs to be taught somehow. And I think the more the teacher thinks about it and is aware, tries to become more aware of these little gotchas that are just part of our culture, which we don't think about at all because it's our culture. Um, somehow that needs to be given to the students. You know, whether they can absorb it or not, I don't know. But that we need to be aware of that and we need to make that part of the lesson.
1: Yes, and it must be
0: explicitly taught. Yeah.
1: You have to be really clear with that. I know that when I map out a conversation on the on a whiteboard for students and I... You know, the, we, the traditional way I do it is I say that if you're talking to someone in J- Japanese, you'll say, so what did you do this weekend? And the person will say, I saw a movie. Of course, this isn't Japanese. And then you say, okay, what movie did you see? And <laughs> you said, okay, I saw Star Wars. Okay, which Star Wars <laughs> did you see? Uh, I saw the fourth Star Wars, right? And it's the bowling image, exactly, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like tennis or ping pong. And I then map out and show that an American would probably say, I had a really good weekend. I saw the movie Star Wars with my friend. And then, you know, um, with a different friend, we went windsurfing in a really nice um, area of Shizuoka. Well, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that the listener then is choosing where to engage the next part of the conversation. And it's, It's interesting because it's a a linear versus nonlinear kind of conversation in many Mm -hmm. ways. Um, And I have to point that out to students and say, you know, you just can't answer the question, how was your weekend? Fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if that's a a cultural thing or a... uh, (laughs)
0: Well, yeah, linguistic, know, linguistic cultural, personality. I well, don't know. I,
1: I've seen that with very, very, very competent, you know, speakers of English, where I'll say, "So, how was your weekend? Fine. Mm. How was your summer? Mm. Good. What did you
0: do? Not much." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no. the, this kind of thing. Is, the, the, the point is it. This is this is not optional. This is not an extra. This is part of it. And you know, my students will know if if any. Any others are listening. It's like answer, and a big word that covers half the board. Answer plus, okay, conversationalize. Mm. Answer plus, and then the other side of the board, follow up questions.
1: Yes, well, I'm. This is something that I think every teacher can do, especially um, even with you know introductory students, you know, or students that don't have such you know right, levels right, of English. Right. Echo questions and follow-up questions and demand those. Yes. That for yes, anything yes. that a speaker says, the person has to ask a question because most, or I think our Japanese students, they don't understand that um, a conversation that goes, how was your weekend? <clears throat> Fine. What did you do? I saw a movie. <laughs> what movie did you see? Star Wars is communicating in English. I don't want to talk to you.
0: Right, 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 right. That, and that, that. So it's
1: these kinds of... and. Th- Here's maybe how I can kind of tie it together. The problem might not be that people's personalities change when they're using different languages, but how their personalities are perceived by their communication partner or conversation partner might be completely inaccurate. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there thinking, this is a rude person. I just asked them, how was their summer vacation? And they don't ask me, how's my summer vacation?
2: Hmm.
1: "Ah, What a rude person. (laughs) This person has no interest in who I am. This person is like a selfish person. No, the person might just not know. Yep. So, it's going to be one of those things where, as a teacher, just remember that what you're seeing, who you're seeing, and what you're thinking, and how you're interpreting what's going on is a communication construct to some degree. And we have the ability to help students understand that so that they can consciously alter their behaviors or actions or ways of using the language so that they fit in more appropriately to who they are as a person. Whether or not that's a good thing or not, I don't know. Good. Anything else
0: you want to add? I think I think maybe that's it. Um Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, going back, yeah, maybe the last thing is I'm thinking about um, this and uh, the conversation with your, your wife at the cafe. Listen, I don't know. I think in Japanese, there's a lot of ways to say that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's, of course, it's not a direct translation, but I think there's ways to communicate that idea. No, but I think that <laughs> the
1: actual, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, the, the idea of actually saying to somebody that really is a truly stupid idea, like you got, you know, not like really, not like you're kidding, but no, seriously, <laughs> you know, that's like, <laughs> did you think this through completely? I don't. You know, I know you can translate it, but okay, whether or not anyone would that would be culturally acceptable would be a different issue.
0: And again, that what, what's culturally acceptable context, right? I mean, Versus Jap- J- Japanese, language, Japanese, Japanese culture and language—it's so contextual. Yes, and then, so if you're going to learn Japanese, that's what you got to learn, right? And if you're going to learn English, then you know it's English is maybe a less contextual language as it seems to be the, but it doesn't mean that it's bereft. of of all these (laughs) cultural rules um, that that govern our conversation, our communication. Well, that's maybe a
1: good way, which is it's helpful for us to explain what are the cultural rules governing the use of language. Mm. And then it's clear for students. You say, you can say this, you can't say this, you can do this, you can't do that. And actually, this is what we see happening in the United States right now is a real shift in what is current culture and then what becomes acceptable Within the language,
0: sure, big big shifts, and
1: yes, and I don't want to go any further on that. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe that's a good place to stop. Uh huh. What do you think? Good. All right. So, thank you, Maria, again. Thank you, Maria. Yeah. Before I even introduce, you know, say who who we are. Thank you, Maria, for taking the time. I do appreciate it and allowing us to use your recording. Okay. Mm. Anything else? That's it. Okay, I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And thank you for listening to Two Teachers Talking.
0: And that's so who we are everywhere. Two Teachers Talking.
1: And we're always two teachers talking. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, be well, Tony. You
0: too.